Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Season 1 of the reimagined reboot of the iconic action-adventure series MacGyver is now available on DVD. Join Angus Mac MacGyver and his extraordinary talent for unconventional problem-solving and vast scientific knowledge as he saves lives one mission at a time. MacGyver Season 1 is available on DVD now from Lionsgate. Head to 1500 ESPN Stream Player now for your chance to win your own copy. I feel like I need MacGyver here to figure out these headphones and speaker Are you jacks. still having problems? No, but they're just they're dangling, they're busted, they're... Half the time I got it, it's a fire drill in here every time to find a working pair. Sorry, I'm, you, I'm slamming the Hubbards here a little no, you've bit. Got, no, no, no. You just have to know where the proper equipment resides in the building to get they it. They apparently belong in everybody else's bag. Um, yeah, I take mine home. I take, don't leave them. Everybody takes them home. Don't leave them here. I take the headphones home, but uh, let's just say there's a certain senior member of the staff who spends a lot of time in Florida who leaves a lot of jacks in a, cer- in a certain desk drawer. What and, do you want me to do with them? And if you could, I, I bought a bunch. I went to Target and bought a bunch of these jacks. Don't tell Doogie. So basically, that's the key thing. If you can find those. Hoard the fine. jacks. Yes, hoard the, yes, that's the key to radio success. Hoard the jacks. Uh, Don Lucia. So this came up on the Saturday show when I was on with Collar. And um, to me, it's pretty intriguing. And it's intriguing because I don't necessarily have the answer here, all right? But when it comes to gopher hockey, so they got they were on a fairly hot streak going into their uh, first-round Big Ten series at Penn State last weekend. They had just gotten swept, though, by Penn State. And then they got, uh, and then they got swept again. In the in, best two out of three, right? Exactly. And so immediately Saturday night, well, Friday too, but Saturday night the tweet started up The about, knives came out. It's time to make a change here. It's time to ch-. And I had defended Lucia on Saturday by saying this, and I got at least one or two just people very upset about it. I understand he's been here a long time. I understand he hasn't won a national title. He won back-to-back in 02 and 03. Correct. So I get it. He's been that. back, what, twice and lost to yeah. uh, under a Union. Under, he's been upset twice. Yeah, 2014. They BC went, and then I think uh, Union. Yep, in 2014. And so where I land on this is I think gopher hockey to me is really interesting because, yes, you can definitely say that Lucia could be doing more. And you can definitely say that the team, for a team, for a program with definite high expectations, Brian, has underachieved too much. All of that being said, that's not their only problem. They have other problems as well. The Big Ten now in hockey has become pretty good. So this is no longer a conversation about, well, the Big Ten just stinks. And No, that's not true. 
But getting people in the building is a real issue. Yeah, their getting, attendance is awful. Getting people to care. I mean, th- th- this was a program, and granted, that this was this was largely started when the North Stars moved, uh, so th- they were the biggest hockey program in town. But this was a program that at one time, for a long time, including into the years that the Wild was here, had a waiting list of season ticket holders, and it was hard to get a ticket. That's no longer the case, and in fact, now when games start and through a whole game, there are tons of empty seats. This is a product that people have soured on. This is a product, and the question to me becomes this. Is this a Lucia problem, or is he part of the problem? But this also goes to the fact that Gopher Hockey has clearly lost its luster. This used to be a program where, Brian, you knew every Friday and Saturday you're going to get a 7 o'clock faceoff, um, almost every game was going to be on M- FSN, M- MSC back in the day, okay. and then FSN. But still, but but the point being is with Frank, yes, and Doug, yes. Uh, before before they came in and started to uh, demand more for tickets as part of their program scholarship program and all that, this was a program where where you had big groups of friends who sat together for years and years. So this is not, in my opinion entirely Lucia's problem. This is not a, let's just blow out Don and bring in the next guy and it's going to be great. And here's where it gets really dicey to me. And there are definitely some people who will say I'm crazy for saying this. I don't know how attractive this job has become now because of the pr- the pressure that goes with this job. If you come in and look at this program realistically, you're not looking at a program that can simply be turned around and pack the building unless you think that you can come in and win national championships in, for instance, consecutive years. At college hockey, the landscape has definitely changed. Well, no, and no longer are you going to win the in-state recruiting war on a, mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Um, the Bemidji's, the UMD's, the St. Clouds. So, yeah, Motsko's uh, got a great... Motsko's got a nice little fiefdom there. He does. And, and you wonder if, if he would ever be convinced to leave. Now, obviously, the pay structure is going to be a lot different. You can make a heck of a lot more <clears throat> here in Minneapolis than you can in St. Cloud. But I don't know what kind of uh, ancillary deals he's got up there. And he's got an awful lot of autonomy, too. And you don't necessarily get the sense that the season ticket base and the longtime fan base is going to be nipping at his heels every time there's a four-game win- losing streak. I will say this about... Uh, Lucia, the, the, the Lucia era here in the last, let's say five years, fans are speaking with their pocketbooks. Mm-hmm. And again, is this all on Don? Maybe not, but he's the guy that's running, been running the program and he has been there almost 20 years. It's just natural that you're going to take shots. It's been 15 years since your na- last national championship. I mean, you've been kind of leveraging that for a long time. Now, if you're only drawing, if, if your attendance is down 30%, because of prices, because of the product, because of the conference you're in now, because of the lack of interest, because of, of a scattered television schedule, um, that's more than Don Lucia. And like you mentioned, that's, whoever's coming in here is going to inherit yes. that. Another thing, I, a theory I have too is, and then I, I base this not on any reporting, but just on a, a sense, mm-hmm. uh, just being around here. Norwood Teague knows not, knew nothing about hockey. Now, he may have been... Poised at some point to blow Lucci out and bring his own guy in. I think he was going to, yes. But he's he was not going to meddle too much and 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 micromanage hockey. Yep. Mark Coyle comes in and he's got dumpster fires all around him. Some of which he's starting on his own now too. So he's got a mess with his football program. He hires a new coach. He's got sex scandals in both major programs. You got a basketball team that's falling apart in the Big Ten. He's got issues there. Mm-hmm. The hockey program 
in general, runs itself well. The kids stay out of trouble. You never have Lucia out there doing damage control. Mm-hmm. Now, the product on the ice may may need to be improved, and that maybe is part of you need a new voice to kind of command that. I'm not going to deny that. But I think the reason that the scrutiny hasn't been that heavy is because hockey's on an island. It kind of it's self-sufficient. Uh, but now with the attendance falling, and then you look at you know what they've done with their fans, booting some of them out based on how much they're donating, moving their seats around, that's got to grind on some people too. And I think your point is a very solid one, though, in the sense that Coyle likes Lucia. Their relationship goes back to Coyle, I think, was, was very involved in the hockey program his first time around here when, when he was in the athletic department. Sure. So he so likes, they've got a good relationship. He likes Lucia, and Lucia does a good job. You don't have to worry. I mean, for the most part, he does a good job. He his kids get good grades. Yes, they and do. So, and so, do you want to do you want to buy out? Because uh, Lucia signed, I think it's through the 2018-19 season. He got a, t- a two year extension in sixteen. Anyway, uh, do you want to buy him out and now go the course of trying to find a new hockey coach, or do you want to put out the fires that that, that exist already that are more immediate, which is your football program is not a mess right now, but it's not solid. It's climbing out of one. It's not solid. Your basketball program, is which, a mess. You, which you thought was going to be fantastic, is a mess. You know, if Patino comes back and they, they have another bad year next season, he goes. He's got to be gone, I think. And so is this the time to fire the, the hockey coach? And then my question becomes, okay, let's say that Coyle gets up there tomorrow and says, we are making a change. You know what? This is, it's been way too long since our last national championship in hockey. We are a, a school that should be winning titles every, I don't know, take your pick, five years. We're going to make a change. What's going to excite fans? I mean, you're going to go to Motsko first. And Motsko is a name, and he was an assistant under Lucia when they won the national championships, I think in both uh, 2002 and 2003. But let's say Motsko says no. You know what? I, he can get a big pay raise, but as you said, he's got a good fiefdom in St. Cloud. Things are going well. What excites you? Gensel? I was going to say no. Grant Patolny? He went to Northern Michigan for this year. He's done a very good job. He's an alum, but if you bring him back, is that going to excite people? Mike Hastings? He's not a gopher guy, but I mean, he's had success Neither was at Mankato. Right. So, so, but do those names excite fans? Is, is that... Because the the only compelling case to blow out Lucia would be to say, if we make this change, we're going to get people back. We're, or, or we're going to bring a legacy coach in. Yes. And that person, do, do they exist? Does, does Grant Patoni excite people? I don't think so. I don't think you, I don't think you bring uh, Patoni back after a year of being gone, introduce him, and the phones start ringing. I might be wrong, but I don't think so. So this is... Uh, he is a hero, though. Well, he is, but but my point being... He's and, a North Dakota kid. Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to defend Don here, but my point being is whenever... This is not, to me, the simple the simple of you make a coaching change and it turns the tide completely. You have a lot of other factors, and one of the big ones is you've got an athletic department that needs some real work here, and hockey's not a problem child. It's just not where you would probably like it. But it's getting like stale, it. and there's an yes. indifference that's growing in the fan base. And as we said before, the worst thing you can be is not not horrible, not great, but mediocre and indifferent because that kind of infects mm-hmm. and that grows. And mm-hmm. if you're not, and and the numbers speak for themselves, attendance is down, fans are upset about the the seating hierarchy, and they're going to 
aim their ire at the guy that's running the team. They're not going to aim it necessarily at Coyle. Mm-hmm. And again, when you've been here almost 20 years, um, and the, the, the landscape in, in college hockey has shifted to the point where you are not, you know, you don't just bark and everybody comes to you anymore. I mean, it is a competitive oh, yeah. environment yes. now in the state from a recruiting and from an eyeball standpoint. Does Gopher Hockey need a change? 651-646-8255. The show is Zolgad and Murphy today. Actually, today the show is uh, Brian Murphy of the Pioneer Press joining me. Mackie will be back tomorrow. Full phone lines right now. 651-646-8255 is the number. The uh, The conversation is about Don Lucia. And uh, do the Gophers need a change there? The program, as we talked about um, earlier, has certainly seemed to have grown stale. How much of that is on the head coach, though, and how much are uh, circumstances that are somewhat out of his control? So let's go to the phone lines. Uh, let's start with Tim. Hey, Tim, thanks for holding. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I'm just super excited that you're talking Gopher hockey. I love it. So I'm a longtime Gopher fan. I'm a couple of years older than you, and I, I respectfully disagree in that I don't think it's necessarily – that you need an exciting name to replace him. I just think you need to make a change. And God bless him, he got his two national titles. But I think he has the program has gotten stale. And I just I just think getting a new body in there would just be for me exciting enough. And the one the one name that wouldn't be exciting for me though is Grant Pauling. You know, God bless him, but he mm-hmm. needs to have more head coaching experience. He's only been doing it for a year. He needs to be a lot a lot more a lot more ripe to be uh, become a coach. Uh, you know, you got Tom Ward out there who you know, has some big Shattuck connections, but I just think it's time. I just think it's time to give the, the the hearts a little jolt and change things up because they actually had pretty good talent this year. There's no reason that they should have been as bad this year as they they should have been a lot better than they were, and that, that has nothing to do with their conference or their ticket sales. They should have been better than they were. If Don had won against uh, Union a couple of years ago, would that buy him some more time? Um. Well, that's a, good, that's a really good question. I'm going to be a devil, uh, hypocrite and probably say, yeah, I think so. Okay. Thanks, Just here. I mean, yeah. Appreciate the call. John in But Min- he didn't win, so I'm just saying. Right. John in Minneapolis, what's up? Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Uh, I, think, I think you guys uh, have gone through all the possible coaches. I really don't think there's anybody out there that's going to get the fan base really excited. Uh, unless you could resurrect Herb Brooks, that would be the one name that would get people really, really interested. Well, that would be fantastic. I don't think you'd have any problem selling out tickets if you could get Herb Brooks back behind the bench. Showing my age, but I, I watched him when he was there in the 70s, and, and it was unbelievable, even in that dumpy old arena they used to play in. But I think he's just a victim. The Gophers are a victim of, of the Big Ten Network and the Big Ten Conference. When you give up North Dakota and UMD and some of those great rivalries we had for Penn State on a – Friday night at 8 o'clock, it's tough for anybody to, to build a lot of excitement. And, and tickets aren't cheap, too, John. That's a problem as well. They're expensive now. They're too expensive a lot of times. I had, uh, along with my dad, I had season tickets from the uh, mid-70s through about five, six years ago, and all of a sudden I realized there's not a game on the schedule that excited me anymore. It had nothing to do with the coach. Yeah. So, um, yeah, because people uh, suffer from it, too, when you have to you have all your Big Ten home basketball games at 8 p.m. When you give up a home game to play a play one out in New York, um, that's not the coach. That's the Big Ten Network in the Big Ten Conference. How about it, Rob Stauber just won a gold medal uh, with the U.S. women's team? Does that name excite you? It would excite me as much as any of the ones you mentioned, absolutely. But, uh, again, I don't think the change in coach is going to 
going to sell out uh, sell out the arena. I, it's a victim of the conference. So, oh. all right, um, thanks, John. Appreciate the call. Uh, let's continue the phone lines. Uh, Roger, how are you? Hey, Roderick here. Oh, Roderick, um, I'm just, sorry. Not a problem. I just want to start off by giving my background real quick. Sure. I am not a really a big fan of men's uh, hockey or college hockey. Mm-hmm. I like Olympic hockey, but that's a little different. Um, I've never been to the Gophers game or anything like that, but I'm from Minnesota, and I'm well aware of how important this program used to be. Um, is one of the few schools in the nation, one of the big schools in the nation, in which the Gophers hockey team is bigger than the Gophers football team. But I think that having viewed this from afar, I think it is time to make a change because Lucia reminds me of Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops was at Oklahoma for a long time, and he won a national title early in his tenure. And then after a while, things just got stale, and he was never able to get over the hump. And I think that you need to reinvigorate the program and it has to start with getting a new coach and a new voice and they need to kind of follow the P.J. Fleck model that they did with the Gophers football. If you get somebody in who can relate to the younger players nowadays as well as get the fan base too excited and get them energized, then that starts with getting people to focus back on the program. You can make other changes by lowering ticket prices just like the Atlanta Falcons did with their concessions and they can make these adjustments. And what happens is when you are able to take a stale program and reinvigorate new life, it gives the athletic department more cover to fix some of their other issues without people focus on those other issues. Mm-hmm. And it gets people re-energized. And if you have to make a run at the St. Cloud State coach or whoever, make a run. They, give them an opportunity to tell you no. But don't just sit here and be stagnant just because, hey, uh, what's it, what's it going to help? Try something. Do something. And the Big Ten, look, we cannot change anything right now about being the Big Ten Conference. But if this is the state of hockey and we have the best players coming from our state, even if it's a tough recruiting because we have all these other schools, mm-hmm. we should be able to recruit enough players to beat Penn State. And if you get a new coach in, if you invigorate the program, if you start beating these other teams and maybe make a gesture like lowering prices and all this other stuff to get the fans back in there, we will get over the fact that we're playing in the Big Ten and we're not playing St. Cloud State. I think Roderick just made more sense than either of us in the last five minutes. I mean, that covered everything. He's a good caller. Yeah, Uh, he's... he, he's he not just change really for points. making change's right. sake. But but the point but the point is this conversation also goes well beyond, in my opinion, just just the the head coach lowering this, prices. Yep. That's that's oh, a yeah. gesture that should be out oh, there. I would lower should prices. be on the table. Their top ticket prices at times I want to say are around sixty bucks. That is ridiculous. I'm sorry. That is absolutely and that might not be for ridiculous. every game. But there's there's certain ga- there's certain games I know people who are very close to the program who looked at those prices and said, why are we doing this? Yeah, I don't blame like, them. What are we What are I we don't blame doing? them. And you got to be up in the club seats to get a bad Miller Lite beer for 10 bucks too, right? Yeah. Yeah, supposedly they were going to look at that, and the fans complained about alcohol not being served in the arena uh, downstairs. But I think this comes – his best point was I think you look long and hard at saying, let's cap ticket prices and let's do it at dr- a dramatic decrease. Just throw people a bone because then then there's a reason for them to invest, both mm-hmm. financially and emotionally, as opposed to status quo. Andy, how are you? I'm doing good, guys. How are you guys doing? All right, thanks. Uh, 
My family, we've had season tickets now for Gopher Hockey. I think we're going on 45, 46 years. Um, I took them over from my parents about 10 years ago, so I've been going to games. I grew up you know, going to games since I was three and four and old Mariucci, and now I've had them at, the, at new Mariucci for about 10 years myself. And, you know, I, I think there needs to be a change. I, I, up to about last year, thought we were doing okay. But I think, you know, just seeing the way the team has played towards the end of the year, the problem is, is I don't really know if there is a good answer. You know, Bob Motzko is the name everybody throws out as maybe the number one choice. Mm-hmm. But it's not exactly like he's, you know, had five or six, seven amazing, strong years at St. Cloud. I mean, they didn't make the NCAA tournament last year. It's not like he's had this long line of success going back and forth that really makes him appear as maybe the number one candidate. Um, you know, and, and I think one thing that they're going to have to deal with is going to be the the – I'm not going to say controversy, but the turmoil of I'm sure you have a lot of alum supporters going to want to see an M-man in there. And I'm not necessarily sure that an M-man might be the best guy for the job. You know, we might just need to see some fresh blood going and grabbing somebody that doesn't have any ties to the program whatsoever who might change some things up and make things a little more fresh. Um, That's who Don Lachia was 19 years ago. And, 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 you know, he had initial success, and he's, he's had fairly good success. I mean, I think you know, there's definitely been a couple of low periods. The, the question is, is I mean, you can go get you can go get a guy with Minnesota ties, and I'm not necessarily saying I'm against that. The problem is, is you know, who who is that guy who's going to blow? As we said, Grant Petolini only has one year of head coaching experience. Yep. I'm not sure he's necessarily the guy. Yep. Um, you know, you're looking at the Tom Wards or you know I, Scott Bell, who's a current assistant, is, is a name I've seen thrown out a couple times. I don't think he has necessarily. What about Rob Stauber? But, he just won a gold medal with the women's team. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think I think Stauber will be okay, although he's, you know, I, I'm a big women's hockey fan, so I watch the Olympics and things like that. I mean, he won because he had great talent, but honestly, he was pretty much outcoached by a lot of the, uh, the Canadian coach, at least at the end of the U.S.-Canadian series and things like that. So, I mean, I think he has a lot more head coaching work to do, too, before you offer him up the job, too. Um, you know, like I said, I, I don't have the answers. Obviously, I hope Mark Coyle does if he decides to make a change. But I wow, do think, that's a lot I do of faith. think something needs to be – I do think something needs to be changed. I just don't know exactly the right way to go. And I, I, I would hate to them to, you know – I think Mark Coyle has to make sure – He's listening to the right people, and only he knows who, who the right people are. Right. Because I'm afraid if we make a change just for the sake of change and hire the wrong guy, uh, if we're if we're sort of disappointed at the way the things have been the last couple of years, we could be even more disappointed three or four years down the line. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the call. Really good calls here. I mean, these are guys. These are guys that are obviously invested into the program. Henry. Good morning, guys. Good morning. First of all, Brian, it's so great to hear your voice back on the airwaves and to read your material in print. So I'm really pleased about that. Thanks, Henry. Um, you know, I've agreed with a lot of what I've heard, especially with the last uh, two or three callers. Um, with all due respect to Coach Lachia, I, I think that um, the last couple of years here, missing the tournament last year, they're kind of on the bubble this year. They're fifth out of seven in the big ten, for God's sake. Um, I just think that's unacceptable. And to me, uh, you know, 19 years is enough. I mean, I, I just, you, there is something to the idea that you need new energy, you need a new voice. And uh, you're right, Judd, when you say that the job has changed and it's not as great as it used to be. I think that's undeniable and a lot of external factors that go into that. But if you're Mark Coyle, you can't look at it that way. If you're Mark Coyle, you have to believe that with the right guy, you can make 
uh, 3M at Mary Uche, or wherever they're calling it this week, <laughs> you can make it that joint happen again. You can we'll bring some sizzle back to it. I mean, you've got to think that if you're, like that if you're coil. And I have a compromise. Out of respect for Coach Lucia and the two national championships, mm-hmm. he's got one year left on his deal. Uh, if he if he's amenable, let him play out his deal. He'll he'll have a full twenty years. He can have a long goodbye. He can uh, you know get a a gift, a parting gift from every Big Ten city, including South Bend now, and uh, and then we'll we'll ease into the to the new year. And who knows? Maybe next year will actually be good. I don't think Lucci is going to go on a victory tour. Right, First, and another, but another thing, though, too, is that you know a lame duck uh, college coach is death for recruiting. Oh right. Yeah, no, in fact, you have to, um, essentially what you have to do if you're Coyle is you have to either extend him again very soon or or make a change, right? Because you're not going to, there's, you're not going to have him coach on that last year with no security. Who's going to he come w- here? And he wouldn't do it Who's going to come here? Right, so, exactly. You but, can't recruit on that. But this does come back to the question of who would excite you. So, So if they get a coach who we don't know, and that guy comes in and wins a couple of titles, then guess what? We're excited again. Of course, he's but, our guy. But the, day, but the day they introduce this person, who gets you to say, I'm back now? That's the question But I don't me, think and I went through a list of guys, that, and Matsko might be the one name. I don't even know that. I don't think it's only the guy, though. I think it goes hand-in-hand hand with the reduction in ticket prices uh, or food items, or you got to throw people a financial incentive to reinvest, not just get a name. Hello, Greg. Thanks for holding. Yeah, um, I think you guys are missing part of the point sure. uh, that they talked about you know, being fourth or fifth in the Big Ten. We are maybe fourth or fifth in the state of Minnesota. Yeah, uh, UMD's better than us. St. Cloud's better. Mankato's better. And I'm not sure how much better we are than Bemidji. And that's the worst thing. It's a, the it's a University of Minnesota, and we're maybe the fourth best team in the state. No, that's an excellent point because that – that well, is yeah, being that, that yeah. there's a reason that these te- these programs are elevating because they're able to recruit off that. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at that. You, you don't have to go to Minneapolis to have an excellent D1 college career. Mm-hmm. You can come to Bemidji, you can come to Mankato, you can certainly go to UMD. Mm-hmm. I think that it probably grates on fans and that should be even more concerning than where they're at in the Big 10 well, is where they're at in the and, state. And, and what do those schools have to offer? That we don't. They must be being better coached than we are, or something. And I, and I agree with the last caller. Nineteen years. I think, to be honest, he's on the slide, and it's just time for a change. I don't care if it's a a coach that has all the whistles and bells, and people get excited about. It. We need a change. All right, Greg. Thank you. Great calls. I agree. And and there, this topic is fun because I don't think there is a there is a, an easy solution here i don't think there's an automatic oh if you just do that it's fine and i think the fan base understands that at least the callers that called in understand that it's not one-dimensional here right jonathan what's coming up in uh, stuff that we should know about oh it's an anniversary of one of brian's favorite movies uh we got tiger woods and a little bit of uh ncaa basketball and now ladies and gentlemen please rise men remove your caps as we honor america and the Twin Cities sports scene with the playing of Stuff You Should Know About. It's a new intro, isn't it? It is indeed. And Jonathan Harrison, not Dave Harrigan, in today has the stuff that we should know about. All right, let's pull up this one. i got to switch to the different page here. 
20th anniversary of one of Brian's favorite movies that he was yes. very proud of today, this morning, before the show started. So let's We should start. all be proud. We should all be proud. Are you employed, Mr. Lebowski? Wait, wait let, me, let me explain something to you. Um, I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're <laughs> Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Uh, Are you employed, sir? Employed? <laughs> you don't go out looking for a job dressed like that, do you? On a weekday? What day is today? Brian, your excitement about uh, the fact that this is, what, 25 years? 20. Since- 20 years since The Big Lebowski was released? Uh, One of the all-time great... uh, Rolling Stone has it as one of the all-time best movies of the 90s. And as our our friend Johnny uh, Krasinski pointed out on Twitter, why limit it? Uh, This is one of the greatest comedies, pure comedies of all time. And it will last forever. Uh, Of course, directed uh, locally by the Coen brothers of St. Louis Park. So Mm -hmm. there's a local connection to it as well. But... I saw it at the theater with uh, a girlfriend 20 years ago. We laughed throughout it. Did she enjoy it? it? She enjoyed it. Of course she did. I mean, we had a fantastic (laughs) time at the movie seeing it there, and I have watched it. On average, I've probably watched, if not part of it, all of it, at least a half dozen times a year since then. It is one of the most quotable movies out there, and it never gets old. It is so brilliantly written. Uh, John Goodman as uh, Walter Sobchak, of course, Jeff Bridges as the dude, Steve Goodman, Buscemi. Goodman is so... And even the old man there, David Huddleston, who just died a couple years ago, who was also in Blazing Saddles there, if you might remember. Really? He was the, no, uh, he was the older guy who said, yeah, yeah, but not the Irish. That okay. was him. He was in the wheelchair as the... Uh, the uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman as the old man's gopher, and then a, a young Tara Reed who had an offer the dude almost could not refuse if he could just get to a cash machine. I mean, there's just so much about this movie that I, I love, and I'm so happy that it's getting some some play here on social media because it's the 20th anniversary of its release date. Full disclosure, I saw it for the first time about three years ago. At least you've seen it. Derek Wetmore still hasn't seen, seen anything. I hadn't seen it. And, it's, it's and what did great. it do for you? Oh, I loved it. It's it, the dialogue is outstanding. It's great. Do you guys see yesterday the uh, C, or CBS and TBS or CBS and whatever they announced how they're going to networks? Yeah, whatever networks it is, they announced how they're going to reveal the selection Sunday. No, I did not. No, and I'm not oh, watching a minute bad. of that no, joke it's show. Bad. It's TNT though. Now yes. has the rights. One, they're yeah. going to do it. Yeah. Uh, what so, corporations involved? What we what we had a couple years ago when they took forever, they did like hour a half an hour half. on each yeah, region. So, yes. Well, they changed that up for the past two years. Yes. They're making it worse, I think. It's not extremely worse, but it's pretty bad. So they're gonna doing? reveal the fir- they're gonna reveal the teams first and then the bracket. Just oh, to so they're gonna name sixty four teams. What? Yes. And then bring us back for the next two hours to no. find out where they're playing? Yes. No, do they not realize we're not doing this? <laughs> That's what they're no, doing. No, no, we're gonna... No, when CBS tried, not even that. You, you're right, Jonathan, that's worse. When CBS a couple years ago did the like hour and a half show or two hour show, we all said no, just tell... And here's the, But here's what they don't understand. Here's the problem. It leaks out. Yeah. Someone yes, will tweet, on Twitter. Someone it's gonna happen. The enti- you are tempting fate. Someone will have the entire bracket out within 15 minutes of the beginning of your stupid show, and no one's going to watch. Well, you think the NCAA is caught up with the times? 
Yeah. No, they haven't caught don't. up with the times. No, My but I God. mean, come on. Just come send on. them out come Pony on. Express. How stupid are they? I mean, they're incredibly stupid, but how stupid are they? This has Pretty nothing dumb. to do this with the... out. Yes, and it has nothing to do, I'm sure, with all the sponsorships they got on the back end of the show. But don't the sponsors know we all are going to get... We're all going to find the bracket shortly after the show begins and then mm-hmm. tune them out These and not watch the These are old white men in, bo- in uh, mahogany boardrooms. Well, they're not on Twitter. The they're not don't, on Twitter. Don't pay for this. You're getting yeah. ripped off. Oh, that's. Uh, oh. It's not like the Super Bowl adds a fifth quarter just so they can extend it out and get more commercial breaks. They just up the price of the if commercial If it wasn't going to leak out, I would be mad but understand the philosophy. But it's going to leak out yeah. quickly. Doesn't make sense. Uh, anyway. We'll go to football here. Speaking of, uh, oh, we didn't speak about Florida schools. That was a different one. We were talking about Tubby Smith earlier. Lane Kiffin was asked about his uh, new offense coordinator. And if you haven't heard... Guy go, guys, Charlie Weiss Jr. He's 24 years old. He's the youngest offensive coordinator in college football history. How much does he weigh? <laughs> I, in, I, I don't have the answer I think for that. he's in good shape. Okay. Uh, he claimed he had a, a rather, well, for nowadays, it's not the greatest way of figuring out if his coach's recruiting skills are the best. He goes, he's got a beautiful wife. How'd Charlie get her? I look at assistant coaches' wives. It tells me if they are good recruits or not. Or recruiters or not. As if Lane Kiffin wasn't already a douche. <laughs> oh, and he's... Lane Kiffin is so slimy that they, that that quote didn't surprise me at all. That guy is covered in axle grease. That guy disgusts me, and I. I the only thing I like about him now is on Twitter when he trolls Nick Saban. He trolls. Oh, Saban. that was my favorite he when he was doing Saban. that during the, really the national stuff. championship game. But yeah, he is a he is a used car salesman, and that, that no, that's a discredit to used car salesman. That's insulting. <laughs> that's probably unnecessarily insulting used car salesman. <laughs> All right, we'll figure. We'll finish up here. Someone compiled a list of Tiger Woods' winnings by his by the state he's played in. Mm, okay. So the, obviously the highest is Florida. He's won nineteen million there. That's about nineteen percent of his winnings. Is that's where they have most golf, golf tournaments. Ohio, he's got sixteen million. California, sixteen million as well. Where do you think Minnesota ranks on here? We've had a couple, and he doesn't play here, does he? Oh, yeah, oh, oh yeah. the PGA, the PGA. He's, he's had won. two PGAs where he's finished second. So I bet yeah. you it's up there. No, nope. it, it's good no. money. It's down there. He's only got near a million and a half dollars. Oh, that's well, it. yeah, I'm because sorry. that's it. He's finished second twice in 2002 and 2009. So here, here's the stat I want then. How much has he paid in in taxes right. in each state? I think it's 9% here. Isn't it 9.7%? Yeah, I think we take a little bit. Yeah, we take a little Florida, bit more. Florida, there is none. You get a little haircut. Florida, there's none. California takes so a big ass So all of that chunk. $19 million he gets to keep? Yeah, Florida, there's none. If he's played in Las Vegas, I want to say there's none there, correct? Texas doesn't have income tax. Texas, he's got two mil, so he gets to keep all that. California, one of his biggest ones, they've got oh, a bigger he's lost, yeah. he's yeah. lost everything in California. <laughs> he shouldn't play there. No. No one should. All right, we'll uh, take a break. Uh, come back. It's Mackie and Judd. Brian Murphy, the Pioneer Press, in uh, for Philip today. The 1500 ESPN Bracket Challenge is coming soon, and you'll have the chance to win a brand-new 55-inch TCL Roku TV or Napoleon LEX propane grill from Patio Town. Keep your eye on 1500ESPN.com for details on how to sign up. And this portion of Mackie and Judd, sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard get started at indeed.com slash hire and the show today is uh brian murphy of the pioneer press in for phil phil back tomorrow uh so last week i believe late last week an era passed in vikings uh, football brian murphy and that was an era, an era. the winter park era oh yeah 19- the address change yeah it opened in i believe 1980 in Eden 80, prairie yep 
Sounds and, about right. And uh, they were there until last week when they moved to their, their beautiful new digs in Egan. West side to east side. Now, I will say this. In a league where everything is as corporate as it can possibly be, in, in a league where the Vikings themselves are in a uh, beautiful new downtown stadium, this was, I think, unless you can correct me on this, this was the last Ma and Pa thing left. Winter Park was very much Ma and Pa. Winter Park was a throwback to an era where where you had a practice facility and you had a facility for the team, but it was for a while, at least, very sparse. They added on to it, but it was still sparse. I think maybe Oakland. I, now I'm just basing on the ones I visited. Oakland is pretty mom pie. They're going to be going to Vegas soon anyway. New Orleans isn't that big of a deal. Have you been down there? I've never been to their practice. Uh, it's so pretty. It's but an, I'm just saying for the Vikings themselves. I think that was the last. That was their last mom. Oh, their element. last. Yes, correct. I mean, they're they're in the new stadium now. Now they're, they're going to be, what, what, Egan's got four or five practice, At six least. practice fields, a full stadium, training yeah. camps moving from Mankato. It's a campus. Yeah. What is your favorite recollection of that place? Because I've got a few. Uh, I've only been regularly covering uh, the team there since about 2009, 2010. So we were across the street. Um, I, I, the, the, I mean, as far as... My favorite memory is also some of my worst experiences, which was the walking across that parking lot three times a day to go cover the stretching, then go leave, then go cover uh, the press conferences, then go leave, then go to the open locker room, and you'd be going across that blacktop on hot days where it was shimmering heat or cold days where you were going against the northwest wind. Again, most people don't want to hear these problems, but that's what I'll always remember is the never being able to get into a workflow and having to get up and walk across that parking lot three or four times a day. That place before Ziggy bought the team in 2005, no, Actually, you know what? It was... And the rotting ship. Yeah. The, the rotting ship, which people kept asking, are you moving the ship? It's like, if you try and move this ship, she's going to fall apart. There's more termites in this damn ship than you could possibly... Uh, it's an arc. Yes. Uh, my favorite Winter Park year was... I started covering them with Seifert for the Strib in 2005. And Ziggy just bought the team. But it was in transition, and things were, were in flux. And so Ziggy hadn't come in and started... Uh, basically redo the place and that old locker room that old old little locker room that those guys were in where you know you couldn't move and in i'm sure when, when they moved in in 80 it was fantastic sure uh, state of the art mark mark craig told me a great story about that place it was uh 2003 or 4 i believe they're practicing on a backfield ken irvin a cornerback on the team goes to break up a pass and he's flying across the field he he flies into the woods and like scrapes his leg on a tree trunk. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. That field the, is right near the woods. Yes, because yes. they were right near the woods. The statue of the Virgin Mary is there too, yep. or something. Yep, and and they eventually they eventually clean that up a lot and they cut back the woods quite a bit. But at this at this time they didn't have anything like that, and so they had the woods right there. There used to be uh, shrubs and stuff growing up the, the hill. So behind where the practice fields were going up to the offices there was a big hill if mm-hmm. you recall they the players still run that a little bit yeah and they and they eventually the wilfs eventually tore it up and had grass planted and it was very nice but before they did that there was basically shrubs and weeds growing and red was so damn cheap they didn't touch a thing i can imagine and that place was a complete it wasn't a disaster that place was uh the 
my favorite Ticey story about that place was they would bring free agents in, pick them up at the airport, take them to a nice restaurant, attempt to get them drunk as possible, and then bring the prospective player to Winter Park to show them because they didn't want him to see it sober. So they couldn't see what they were getting into. Yes. Yep. That's pretty sharp. So they go down to Manny's and clean out the the back uh, red wine collection? Yes, exactly. And so they, they would try as much as possible to get them to, to be in a state of mind where they couldn't walk in that little pathetic locker room and be like, are you serious? Like, if you're coming from the Packers, you were coming from the state-of-the-art locker room, and you saw Winter Park? Like, I'm not coming here. I never knew up until a f- probably not that many years, a few years ago, I always thought it was called Winter Park because of the weather. No, Max. I didn't know it was because of Max Winter. Max Winter. I didn't know that. I always just assumed, well, it's called Winter Park because we're in the tundra and it's Max Winter. You know, it's cold. Yeah, of course, you're one of the original owners. And of course, um, and of course now you, you have to sell it to Tria because if you can make a buck off that, you need to do that. Absolutely, the Tria Orthopedic Center. Now, is that what the papers are? Are the papers going to go along with that and call it the entire? Cause that's I, a I lot, won't. That's I'm just going to say the Vikings facility, that's Vikings headquarters. Though I'm sure we'll get emails reminding us of that, uh, but I'll probably just end up calling it Vikings headquarters. You know what other memory I'll always, re- too, is because I, it was August uh, 2016. We've talked so much about Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, it was the last preseason practice, of course, when he was injured, and I just happened to be on that sideline where the, where the, the woods are. And I was probably at the twenty yard line, and he dropped back. I might have been at the forty, and I think he dropped back at around the oh, twenty. That day? Okay. I was I was definitely within fifteen yards of that happening, and I have never seen a group of football players become so upset so quickly. And just the the the, the vision of Teddy Bridgewater laying prone, clutching mm-hmm. his clutching his knee, and players in anger. You know, dropping f bombs, throwing their helmets in the air, dropping on one knee, like they knew yep. how bad it was, and there was nothing around him, nothing, not a player, uh, not a sound. Uh, it was it was the one of the eeriest scenes I've ever seen in a in a in a pro sporting uh, either event or practice field, and you could just tell that they uh, they all knew how catastrophic it was. Uh, let's t- uh, take a break, come back, and uh, get to this. Has Brian Murphy changed his view on fighting in hockey? Because there was something that happened a couple nights ago that could have certainly led him down a path to perhaps reconsider a, a stance that he has taken for a few years after this.